Welcome to Life Happens, where Texans come to protect their legacy and prepare for the second half of life. Join your host, Attorney Kim Hegwood, with Hegwood Law Group and our weekly guest as we navigate the challenges that emerge as life happens. Now here's your host, Kim Hegwood. Good morning. My name is Kim Hegwood, and I'm here with uh, John Martin and with the American Cancer Society. Good morning, John. Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm doing well. And so we're going to kind of switch gears this week, and um, we're going to talk about giving. And um, I know that uh, probably, you know, today, uh, this year is probably, most people are probably not thinking about giving. Is that uh, something you're seeing lately? Uh, it's it's kind of mixed. It's a mixed bag. You know, there, there are some folks that um, I think have pulled back a little bit, but I also think there are people that have uh, some extra time on their hands and they have used that or leveraged that to uh, get involved with things in the local communities and, and help out where they can. So um, I, you see, I see a lot of good stuff going on out there. So I'll, I'll put it, leave it with that. So perfect. And so the, you know, your topic today is the power of purpose and planned giving. And so um, when you sit down to talk to somebody who's thinking about, uh, you know, donating, do you talk to them about their purpose? I, tr I try to. I mean, I try to get an idea of where somebody's values and where their heart is and, and what it is they're thinking about. Um, you know, I up until about 20 years ago, really didn't have a purpose. I, I mean, I had a purpose, which I thought was to, you know, get through life and, and you know, buy a big house and get married and have kids and, and do that sort of thing. Um, but uh, I, there wasn't, I didn't feel like there was anything kind of beyond that. And um, one of the things that happened to me about 20 years ago, um, and in funny of all places, it happened to me in League City. I was, uh, I was at the time, I was, uh, traveling all over the country and I got a chance to, I got a chance to talk to a lot of different people and so um, I did a lot of work in the uh, the financial advisor space and um, so I spent a lot of time with financial advisors and I, one of the things that I found out um, in talking to financial advisors is the ones that tended to be happier and flourish their businesses tended to flourish more were those that were uh, invested into the community that were doing stuff in the community community so um, I was in Houston for a trip and uh, there was an advisor in League City that I was supposed to meet with. And when I pulled up to his office and he was in part of League City that, that probably um, looked like it was maybe um, maybe a middle class, a little lower, you know, kind of kind of a uh, it, it looked like an area that that um, had been there for a while and, and been established. And um, so when I when I pulled up, uh, his he was in this huge bank building. And there was no cars in the bank building, and so I was kind of uh, I just I just found it odd because normally when you go to a financial advisor's office, they're in they're in uh, different places, and there's normally a lot of activity going on in the parking lot and that that type of thing. Um, and so when I got in there and I started talking to him, um, I, I we immediately sort of really started talking about uh, what his purpose was with regards to why he even got into the financial service business, and so. Um, long story short, what I found out from him was he got into the financial service business so he could uh, use his uh, his rewards and his uh, his income to support the community there in League City. 
And so he, he was in this bank building all by himself. And I said, why do you have this? Why do you have such a huge building here um, just for yourself? And he said, well, I'll show you. And so he took me out outside of his little office there and took me to another part of the bank. And he had several rooms that had um, what I would consider to be like staging. And so um, one room he had bicycles and another room he had backpacks and another room he had uh, like canned goods and things like that. And he said, this is what it's about for me. It's, it's about um, helping this community here and helping the kids, the underprivileged and the at-risk kids here um, to show them that there are things that they can do um, in the community. There's, there's, there's people out there that want to help them and it's not about drugs and, and getting into trouble and crime and things like that. And so um, he kind of lit a fire. You know, I, I left that meeting um, on my flight back to Kansas City at the time, uh, thinking about him the entire time. And I just thought, wow, that is, I just, there was something about that conversation. And he, he'd asked me some pretty serious questions about, you know, um, what is my purpose? And, you know, what is it you want to do with your legacy and your life and things like that? And I really didn't have good answers for him, which um, kind of frustrated me on the, on the flight back. And so that's sort of started this journey for me. Um, and uh, and I'm, I'm actually still on the journey. Uh, I learn stuff every day. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of something now that I look for in other people. And if I can help them kind of figure out what that is, or at least have a, a meaningful conversation with them, um, you know, I'm, I'm all for doing that and, and possibly helping them do what that advisor did for me 20 years ago. It's funny when you when you talk about purpose, because I think mine's changed over the years. Um, you know, when I first uh, became a lawyer, I was a litigator and my job was to help families. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's that's what I did. And then when my uh, when my grandparents started to decline and I you know was a uh, was a litigator and a caregiver and still a mom because the kids were still teenagers at that time. Uh, after they passed, it's almost like my purpose shifted. And so because what I learned with them was that there was a lot of things that didn't get done um, by their attorney, their lifelong attorney that took care of them, uh, that they needed and didn't get done. And so just navigating the things that they didn't have knowledge of and having to learn it myself. I tell people I learned elder law the hard way, uh, you know, trial and error and really just having to get down in there. You know, that for me afterwards, when I had to stop and think about what my purpose was or what I wanted it to be, you know, for us now at Hegwood Law Group, it's all about educating as many people as we can. Yeah. Um, because we don't want people to be in the same position that my grandparents were in, uh, you know, missing things, not knowing things and things like that. And so so I guess the big question is, is um, do, do you understand your purpose now or are you still still searching for it? Well, I think I'm, I'm continually searching for it. Um, I, but I think I have, you know, there's, there are really four things that I focus on. One is, is really kind of helping, uh, I think youth, I have four children. So I think one of the, one of the things is, is really helping through them, whether it be sports or academics, um, how to be better people, but then how to, how to, uh, show them by example and their friends by example, uh, of the way people really should behave in the way they should interact with others and be respectful and, and things like that. Um, you know, the other thing is 
to your point, you know, I, I, the reason I, I uh, took a position with American Cancer was I had six adults in my family that died of cancer. I'm sorry. Yeah, and um, uh, they've all died of a different, a different variety of cancer. And it, as you probably know, there's, there's like a hundred and some different uh, types of cancer that are out there. And so um, my background had been in the financial service. Uh, world, which is a is a great world because you get to educate people and you get to help them with their financials, and really maybe get to a point where they can retire. Um, but then, uh, you know, what do you do with that? And so, um, for me, it's it's educating the youth. It's it's being involved with healthcare and giving back to my family members who have, have been affected by cancer. Um, locally, you know, I I do stuff with. We have trails here in. Uh, the Conroe area, which is where I'm from, and I'm out there just about every day doing something to the trails. You know, we've got biking and hiking trails, whether it's picking up trash or cutting branches or or whatever. And then the other part, the the, the kind of the fourth pillar for me is is sort of my spirituality and being involved with the church and just kind of helping people um, get through some of these things in life that um, uh, they don't understand or they're they're wrestling with. But I think part of that is having a part of that is getting to that purpose. And, and I think we all have purposes. Um, I, I just don't think a lot of us have the tools on how to take those first steps to get there. And so to your point earlier about having several purposes, I think it's okay to have different purposes. And I think it's okay for those purposes to change over time. Right. Yeah. yeah. So as part of the tools, um, what do you, how do you walk people through trying to identify what their purpose is? Well, I, I think the first step is just sitting down and, and just having a, a meaningful conversation as to what's important to them. You know, is it, um, what, what are some of the things that you, that you like to do? What are some of the things that motivate you? Um, and uh, if you're, you know, having issues with getting out of bed in the morning or you're, you're, you're finding that you're in a day-to-day -day grind and, and um, you're not getting that the fulfillment, what are some of the things that, first of all, what are some things you're passionate about? Right. So um, that used to be the question I always asked first. What are you passionate about? And I would get responses that, like I'm passionate about motorcycles or I'm passionate about jet skis or whatever. And, and, and I wasn't getting the answer that I wanted. But I think that is the first question to the next question, which is, you know, how do you how do you turn that into a purpose? You know, how do you because to me, it's about leaving legacy. It's it's about how do you want to be remembered, um, which then gets into other things um you know once you kind of identify what your what you want your legacy to be then how do you go about sharing that with others and eventually getting that documented right sitting down with you yeah. and saying okay this is how this is how i want things to be um at, at some point this is what i want my legacy to be and i want to make sure kim you make sure that it, it goes to you know who and where it needs to go that, that type of thing so that's sort of the first step um, and then the second step I would suggest is just um, looking for some resources out there. There's, you know, tons of books, um, you know, Rick Warren, uh, the, the uh, Purpose Driven Life is probably one of the most successful books uh, in history. You know, it's got to be in the top one or two of books out there, maybe after the Bible, top, you know, um, uh, you know, Simon Sinek, uh, Find Your Why. Uh, there's there, there's a lot of books out there that, that help you um, kind of identify what that is. But my suggestion would be to identify maybe one baby step and then start working on that. But then the other part of that, number three, is finding 
surround yourself with other people that have purposeful lives yeah because it's it's really hard and it's often uh it can be easily discouraged if you feel like you're doing it alone um and then the fourth thing is just is just um continuing to learn and grow in that in that role and again like you said your purpose may change that's okay but continue to continue to find that purpose and something to you know keep you up and keep you going and keep you moving forward and you know you build your community and yourself in that process so you talk about some of the things earlier when uh, we first started this last you know conversation about things that you do you know just in your community on the trails and things like that what are things that you talk to people about on ways to be purposeful well you know i i think a simple way would just be to look um, look around, you know, just be observant, pay attention to the neighborhood, pay attention to, um, you know, if you attend church, pay attention to the people that you go to church with, or if you have kids or grandkids and, and they're having issues with school, that's the simplest way, right? It's, it's, you know, you hear the, you hear the, uh, the old saying charity begins at home. Uh, and there's an example of that, but then also I think charity comes from the heart. So, um, you know, how do you, um, take those things that you you see going on around and and be a contributor to that you know just uh how do you get involved and be a part of the you know the, the other cliche be a part of the solution and not part of the problem right uh, because it's so easy to throw our hands up and say you know I, I i just this is a mess i can't you know i can't deal with this uh you know these people are crazy or whatever well get in there and you know affect change be a part of it figure out what's going on you know so most people, you know, do volunteer work. Um, you know, most people, you know, help people when they can. Um, and a lot of times not even thinking about it. Um, uh, I, I read this post on, um, I think it was Facebook last night where this lady had gone through the drive-through with her son and they had $4 and it was gonna be $4 and some change. And she thought she had the change and she was fixing to give back one of the french fries and you know the little boy was telling his mom you know it's okay uh, and the lady said we well, don't need to do that the person in front of you paid yeah paid for yours you know so um for me it was like a awesome you know story it's one of those things that really makes you feel good and um to to do something for somebody when you don't even realize sometimes the impact that you made because that lady had that last four dollars you know right. um you know trying to feed her kid till payday you know so um, so it was a really good, you know, warm, you know, story. But, you know, but right now, though, um, you know, you're here for the American Cancer Society. So so let's kind of shift a little bit and and let's talk about ways that someone can help the American Cancer Society. Well, so some of the ways you can help American Cancer, and this would apply to any organization, not just American Cancer. Um, as you imagine, as you mentioned early on, um, Organizations across the board, profit and nonprofit organizations. Uh, this is a tough, very tough time. For them. They've had to, they've had to change their model, right? And so, um, nonprofits are uh, no different. And so, uh, the first, first and probably the easiest thing you can do is just give them a donate, write them, a, write them a check, right? Which is what a lot of people do, and it's actually probably what a majority of the people. Do. Um, the other thing you can do is look for ways to make them a part of your legacy or your estate. 
um, you know, name them as a beneficiary in a life insurance policy if, if everybody else is taken care of in the family. Um, there are organizations that have what they call charitable gift annuities where you can, you can buy the annuity, get income off the annuity for your life, and then um, when you pass, the, uh, the annuity can go to the charity or of your, your choice. Um, and then there's a host of tools that are out there. Um, but I, I, before you get to that point, um, people need to sit down with attorneys, state attorneys like yourself, and uh, get that documented and, and really kind of figure out what is the best uh, the best method or combination of methods because sometimes it's, it's doing multiple things, uh, not just, just one thing. So sometimes people want to do stuff now, but then they want to do stuff later as well. Um, and I think it, it, engaging with the organization and finding out what their needs are and then uh, figuring out, is, is it, are you volunteering for them? Are you writing a check for them? Or are you going to leave them in a, in a legacy of some sort? Um, or if it's, it's some combination. And, um, you know, in some cases, they're more than willing to, um, you know, a lot of people like to be anonymous, but then organizations also like to recognize you know, people for, for helping them out because often um, if you're setting an example for people that you um, hang out with, that you live with, things like that, they want to be a part of that. And by acknowledging that you have done something um, is often, it's, it's often enough to get them to, to follow suit as, as well. So, you know, I, I would say more than anything, in, don't be afraid to engage in the organization and ask them what their needs are. Um, you know, one of the things that I hear about from this, and I see this in church, and you probably see this as well, Kim, is, you know, whenever there's a crisis, um, like Harvey, for instance, um, our church was inundated with clothes and shoes and stuff like that, which on one hand they said was great, but on the other hand, um, they didn't, at the end of the day, they didn't know what to do with a lot of the stuff, you know where if they had instead been given some cash or gift certificates or something like that, that could have been better utilized. Um, and I think people have the greatest intentions, but they don't, they don't ask the question first, what do you need? And then, you know, take action at that point. Yeah. One of my favorite things to tell clients is that, um, you know, we talk about, you know, uh, in every console practically, you talk about it. Is there any charities you want to do something with? But one of the things that I think a lot of people, you know, it's one of those um, one of those tools that most people don't know, and that we encourage, especially start this time of the year, we'll start encouraging it some more. Is for those people that are already in a higher tax bracket, is gifting their required minimum distributions, yep. um, and so they don't have to pay taxes on it. The charity doesn't have to pay taxes on it, so it's a great way to donate towards. The end of the year when you're starting to think about required minimum distributions and so, so we encourage clients if they're in a high net worth and you know high income bracket and they don't need the extra income uh, or would like to lower their income bracket you know it's a great way to be you know a generous you know donor right. um, and they can split that up into multiple you know nonprofits and so so it's always a good way that most people are just not aware of you know so uh, we're finding that we've talked to a lot more people about doing things like you mentioned earlier, you know, with the annuities, the charitable remainder trust. And yep. so because we can't stretch out the uh, we can't stretch out inherited IRAs anymore under the new Secure Act. And so so it makes a difference in in um, in planning and how are we supposed to get you know things to the beneficiary in a reasonable 
you know, in a better way rather than that whole just 10 years, bam, it's going to be 10 years and you got to pay a bunch of taxes. And, you know, we're always looking of how to leave legacies for the families with, and minimize the taxes that, you know, their beneficiaries are going to have to endure. And a lot of times charitable planning has a very nice uh, combination that allows us to do both. So that's really, really, really a lot of fun. Well, and I think I think the other thing I see, Kim, is, you know, if you have like a highly appreciated asset, like a house or a stock or something like that, and you're going to gift that to a non-spouse beneficiary, there's a there's a risk they're going to have a tax consequence as a result of that. Right. Yeah. So why not use that to give to an organization and then use some of your other meaning to uh, to to give to those beneficiaries as, as well. And so I think a, a lot of people, you need to sit down and strategize on, on what that looks like and the timing of that. And, and um, you know, you've been doing this for a long time. So um, you can, you've got some roadmaps, you can show them how to do that, so. Yeah, and we look forward to that. I'm very much, um, uh, I very much, we've always done everything that we could to support nonprofits. And up until, you know, COVID hit in 2020, we, we do a lot of um, community events that we raise money for different nonprofits. And so um, I miss that. I'm hoping that, you know, hoping and praying that, you know, come 2021, you know, things will be, you know, back, back to normal, our normal, <laughs> nothing new. <laughs> and so that we'll be able to go back to doing those sort of things. And so um, John, if somebody wants to reach out to you uh, and talk to you about, you know, giving or, you know, how they can help the American Cancer Society, how do they find you? Uh, they can call my phone number, which is the 936-697-0388, uh, or they can email me at john.martin at cancer.org. And um, I would encourage you, if you have questions about any nonprofit or how to get involved, um, you know, one of the other things that I like to caution people on is, is uh, you know, do your homework up front, right, with some of these organizations that are out there. Because especially uh, you see a lot of it uh, in times of crisis where there will be some not so nice characters that will try to take advantage of this situation. And um, you just want to make sure that uh, the organizations that you're supporting or organizations, one, you've probably known for quite a while. Um, you kind of understand what their mission is um, and it's not something that has just popped up um, and uh, they have somehow um, convinced you that that you know they're they're a good uh, organization and, and there's things like uh, charity navigator is a great charitynavigator.com is a great site to go out and, and look for some of these organizations and find out if they're legitimate and you know how long they've been around and um, um, but, you know, if if you want, send me an email, call me, text me, um, and I'll, I'll respond pretty quick. So. Yeah, we're very much blessed that, um, you know, we, we're involved with so many nonprofits, in lots of different areas. And so, so we too as well. So if you're listening and you, you need a charity, a nonprofit that you want to get involved with, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, I find that um, that a lot of the nonprofits that I've set on the boards, because I've set on a lot over the years, there's usually something that speaks to you. And um, is, that's the reason you do that particular, you know, nonprofit. And so, so a lot of times um, it's a matter of just kind of reaching in, looking inside of what's going to make you um, feel good. What are you going to be passionate about? And, and what are you going to give 120%, you know, uh, to really to, to do everything you can to make your, 
part of that nonprofit um, powerful and meaningful. And so. so one of the things I'll just I'll just say this, Kim. One of the things that I have seen um, this crisis has um, sort of bubbled two things to the top. One is um, the folks that haven't done planning to this point. I mean, there 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 is a group of folks that have I think the alarm bell has been uh, rang. I need to get this my my estate in order here. I need to get my my financial uh, house in order here. Um, but then, unfortunately, we we are seeing a ton of people that don't have anything. And while we have resources that we can help them, not all organizations have that. And so, um, you know, it, it, this is not something. It, this is something that people like to kick down the kick the can down the road. Um, but I would encourage them to take advantage of this time to set up a meeting and meet with their their professionals and get a plan together. So, so perfect. And um, so, John, I just wanted to thank you so much for being on today. And um, you've been a great guest with lots of good information. And um, uh, hopefully we'll have you on again in the future. And uh, enjoy this great weather we're having because this has been fabulous. <laughs> so, and, um, all right. Thanks a bunch, John. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Life Happens with Kim Hegwood. Be sure to tune in every Thursday at 10 a.m. wherever you listen to your podcasts as we navigate through the challenges that emerge as life happens. The content of this podcast does not establish an attorney-client relationship or constitute attorney-client privilege, legal, medical, financial, or any other professional advice.